Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. So you might have heard about energy healing and how it can help make you feel so much better, relieve stress, anxiety, give you better sleep, relaxation, so many different things that energy healing can do. Well, what if we were to add sound to that? There is sound healing therapy, and we've got somebody who's amazing at that. She's the founder of Barb Sounds, and she is Barb McIntosh, and she joins us on the program. Hi, Barb. How are you? Good, good. I'm fine. Good to have you along with us, and I know a little bit about sound healing, not a lot, and that's where I want to start with you, and I had an experience which I'll share with you a little bit later, but why don't we boil it right down to the basics, how sound healing actually works if somebody doesn't understand or hasn't really learned about, about energy healing. Oh, okay. Well, um, more and more people nowadays are starting to use um, this sort of overall label of frequency medicine. So I'm going to explain like just a little bit about what is frequency medicine and what is sound healing, and then how does it work. So frequency medicine includes... It, it includes energy healing. It includes all practices that actually promote healing and wellness in the body and the mind using a transmission of energy and frequencies. Okay, so examples of that would be Reiki, therapeutic touch, acupuncture, ultrasound, um, machines like the TENS machine for pain, uh, near-infrared machines for inflammation, and starting to grow now too is color and light therapy. So sound healing is a subset of frequency medicine. And it's primarily using, as you say, adding audible sound frequencies and harmonies into energy healing. So examples of, sub, uh, of sound healing um, are things as simple as humming and chanting. Um, and then they go up to playing uh, harmonic instruments like gongs and singing bowls, which is what I do. Now, how does it work? Well, sound healing actually is as old as human beings. The, um, the oldest sound healing that we have a record of is about 40,000 years ago. So there's a form of sound healing that has been used in every culture in the world and throughout history. And interestingly enough, even though people think that energy and sound healing are kind of, you know, woo-woo things still, um, it's actually really based on science. So sound healing is based on quantum physics. And I'm not going to get too detailed in this, but it's really, I think it's fascinating. So there's two laws in quantum physics that affect us here. The law of matter, which says that all matter, so like anything physical that we can see in our physical world, um, is made of energy and has a vibrational frequency. So that includes our bodies and even things like our thoughts and our feelings and our spiritual life. They all have different frequencies. And our brain generates like basically electrical waves electrical frequencies and are actually our cells communicate with each other through sound and light really cool so every cell in our body is creating sound and light in in every second i think it's like the most awesome thing and the second law then is the law of entrainment and the law of entrainment says that if there's two things um, that are vibrating and they're close in proximity like they're close together the one thing that has the most powerful vibration will pull the vibration of the other one towards it. And this was discovered by like some guy in France in the 1600s, and he he put like a whole bunch of um, pendulum clocks in a room, and they were all going tick tock tick tock at different you know different speeds. And he went away, and he came back in the morning, and every single clock was going tick 
tick tock, all at exactly the same speed and at the speed of the largest clock in the room. So that's what we're talking about with the law of entrainment. Now the human body, our human body has a frequency range of 62 to 68 hertz. That's if we're healthy. Okay. And then we have a lot of low frequency vibrations in our environment. So, you know, toxic things we eat, things we absorb through our skin or through breathing, so pollution in the air, toxic chemicals, toxic foods, and also, just as importantly, um, toxic workplaces, toxic family things and relationships. All of those low frequency vibrations are quite powerful and they can pull the vibration. If we're exposed to them for a long time, regularly, it will pull the vibration of ourselves in our body, not all of them, but some, um, down to the lower frequency. So when we go down to about like 58, we start getting more like flu symptoms and more colds and viruses. We go down to 55 and we have um, candida and all the sort of bacterial and, and parasite infections. We go down to 52 and we get into the autoimmune diseases. And then we get to the biggie, <clears throat> which is at 52, we have at 42, we have pre-cancer cells, and 25 hertz, we have cancer cells. And this is also true for our feelings. So, for example, hate vibrates at a frequency of 25 hertz. Notice that's about the same frequency as cancer cells. Wow. Love, on the other hand, is yeah, that's cool, hey. Eh? And then love, on the other hand, is like up at 500. Do you know when we, you know, when we're in love, when you fall in love, or you think you're in love. You, like you just feel good all the time and you're just like vibrating with that energy and every cell in your body is also vibrating with that. But if you're in, you know, if you're in an environment that's very hateful or, or like lots of angry people around um, and, you know, angry relationships and interactions, that can really, I mean, you know, we, we understand with our minds that it's stressful, but it has an effect on your body. So that's how, that's how, those are the things that happen and, and the things that we as sound healers can deal with. So lots of questions here, Barb, and I just want, I know you're in a studio and you have a microphone there. Just definitely get close to that mic because we want to hear every uh, everything that you're saying. Um, when you look to heal somebody, do you determine what needs to be done or do they tell you what they're going through? And then you find the, call it the instrument, the bowl that has the certain frequency that's going to do it? Or do you just hit up a bunch of different frequencies, different sounds, and the energy goes uh, where it needs to go to heal? Mm. That's a really good question. Um, I don't know. I don't know that there's that many sound healers that practice the same way I do, Um, but I'm an empath and and I'm very intuitive. Um, And so... What I do, I mean, I, I do a check-in with a client and just kind of see where they're at and, and, you know, what they want to focus on if they want to focus on something, like, really specific. But otherwise, um, what I do is I, I actually, it's kind of like Reiki. When, you're, when you learn Reiki, when you learn to be a Reiki master, you learn that you're just a channel, like you are a channel for the healing energy that comes down and through your body and through your hands into the person's, into your client's body and that allows your client's body to be able to heal um, from those energies. And so I kind of do the same thing with sound. So what I, it's very hard to explain, but I think what I do, because I'm an empath, that means I feel other people's energy. I I feel people's feelings. Sometimes I know people's thoughts. You know, sometimes I can can see who they are as as a soul person. So I take all of that and the energy that I'm feeling 
from where you're at, like say if I was doing a session for you, I can I take that and it moves through my body and then it moves through my hands and my mallets into you know the bowls or the gong. And then they respond with whatever frequencies match for healing that they're that they're you know that they're perceiving through me um, from you as a client. How did so, this how did this all begin for you, Barb? I'm intrigued. Were you into music initially? <laughs> was that kind of your thing and then you went into energy healing and then that kind of segged into the sound thing? Well, I've always been musical. I mean I, I you know I play guitar and I sing and I puddle around with stuff. But um, it, it was more it actually more had to do with memories I had of past lives. So I had I had memories of past lives as a as a very small child. Um, and growing up in a scientific family, that was not easy. But I had several past lives where I remembered using sound um, for various things, in, in particular for healing. So I had, I remembered a past life in Atlantis where I did healing work with crystals. And even as a small child, I was drawn to stones and rocks and, and crystals. And, and, you know, I carried them in my pocket, um, even when I was in public school and high school. But um, so in, in Atlantis, there was like a very, very high level of um, work with crystals and crystal rooms of crystals for, for like for healing um, form of energy work. And um, even to the point of people being able to alter DNA and alter in some ways people's physical body. And another past life that I knew I had was in Egypt where I was responsible for managing groups of people who would produce sound through instruments and vocal sound and stuff and use that to build the pyramids, like to lift the big stones up and build the pyramids. And the third big one that I had um, as a sound healer was in as a, a Buddhist monk in Tibet, and that's where I used the singing bowls, the Tibetan singing bowls, for healing. So I was, I always, in, like, in my life, I always had a singing bowl. You know, I just kind of had it, and I would just sit and and play it sometimes, and I found it very relaxing. And when I, in my 50s, started to become more accustomed to and grow into my own intuitive and spiritual um, part of me, which had kind of gotten repressed in my childhood, um, I started to feel really drawn to doing healing with the Tibetan singing bowls. And at that time, in North America, except for in California, and a little bit maybe in New York, there wasn't a lot of people doing sound healing or talking about sound healing. So when I went on the internet, I like I found nothing. This would be maybe 10, 15 years ago. And uh, I put out an intention for a teacher. No teacher came. And then my spirit guides basically sent me a book. Um, over like you know popped it up in my internet feed on my computer, and I ordered it. And it was a book by a guy from India who you know, gave a little sort of an outline as to how to use the, the singing bowls. And the interesting thing was when I was I was following, you know, his sort of patterns and what he suggested in the book. And as I was doing that, I just, it, it, it didn't feel like learning. It felt like remembering. It felt like I know how to do this. And my body knew how to do it. And energetically, I knew how to do it. And then I went to the bowl store to get another bowl meditation shop one day and there was a gong on the wall and I was like oh that's cool I bought it and so I started playing gongs and gongs are like gongs are just so so amazing they're incredible I want to share with you Barb my my, my first uh, shall we say introduction to 
the sound bowls was I went to a, it's called a cacao ceremony. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's using uh, cocoa from the uh, tropical rainforest. Very pure, highest concentration of magnesium of anything on the planet. It's supposed to have euphoric properties. So a friend just took me. I had no idea where I was going, what I was doing. We drink that stuff. It's just, you know, chocolate. And we're going to do a meditation. But before we do, there was a sound bowl. And the healer just hit the sound bowl, just hit one sound. And it went right through me. Like I could feel the the vibration just, and I'm like, oh, that's why that works. It was so impactful. I honestly will never forget it because it was almost like getting hit over the head with a sledgehammer in a great way where you just, you felt the, the sound permeate your being. And that, again, that was just one sound. There wasn't anything else going on at that moment. Well, and that, that's what happens to, to people. Like I find when people come to me for, for sound healing, they're, you know, they're a little bit anxious and they're not quite sure like, exactly how is this going to work because it's, it's a bit hard. You know, when you haven't heard the sounds, it's a bit hard for your mind to kind of grasp. Mm-hmm. And it's not intuitive in, in our society right now to, you know, to energy healing still isn't integrated into all of the other uh, healing modalities. But as soon as I play, like, you know, as soon as I start to play one bowl, like, people are just gone. Like, their whole body relaxes, you know. They start to, a lot of people snore after about five minutes. Wow. Because your body gets so, so relaxed. Your body goes into actually, like, the, you know, parasympathetic mode. And so, like, basically the big, big um, relaxation that you get when you're at your deepest sleep, except that you're awake and aware. Um, sometimes people can hear themselves snoring, but they don't actually really care because it's so awesome, like, you know, being in the sounds. But, I mean, I know there's lots of people that do sound healing, and the sound healing is a little bit of an adjunct to, you know, doing cacao or mushrooms or whatever, and I don't, I don't actually use any of that stuff because I actually find that the sounds from the bowls and the gongs and the other instruments that I play are are more than enough to take. People go, people who don't believe in anything beyond the physical world wind up having very, like, spiritual and, and amazing experiences. Well, you know, the, the event that I went to wasn't a sound healing, so we don't know the the skills of the person. They were just hitting a sound bowl. I guess really kind of kicked things off. But my, my point there was it was the first time I ever experienced the power yeah. of a sound bowl. And now I get it. I can't imagine how wonderful it must be when it's a complete healing event where you're hitting you know, certain notes and um, sending that sound out. Can we get some examples of what what it sounds like? I can give you a little example today. I'm not in my sound studio, so I can't play the big gongs. Sure. But I will play. I have a couple of um, Tibetan singing bowls here, so I'll play them right now for you. Yeah, we'd love to hear it.
what I do for an hour. Wow. Uh, I feel it. I feel it coming through. And again, this is a phone line. And when we talk about frequency, it's limiting in terms of the vibrations that you're sending through, but you can hear it. You can hear it reverberate and and vibrate. Um, you know, the phone line typically cuts off at about 5,000 Hertz. So some of that still comes through. I mean, we still, we still hear it, but, uh, yeah, maybe next time, maybe we try a Zoom with Zoom audio and see what that sounds like. What do you think? Well, actually, I'm playing on Zoom audio because we're talking, like, on my end, I'm talking on the Zoom phone, and so I'm actually in a Zoom meeting. I put you and me in a Zoom meeting, and I have what they call original sound on. So very early in, in sort of early on in the pandemic, um, Zoom um, Zoom was hard to use at the beginning because they have a lot of noise filters. Mm. Right. So um, microphones um, cut out static. Um, Zoom had all, was originally created for you know voice meetings, and so they had all kinds of hidden voice filters. And when I would play my bowls and my gongs, you couldn't hear a thing, like nothing, because the microphones and the, and the noise filters make the, the harmonics of the bowls and the gongs. Like, the bowls and the gongs are harmonic, which means that they don't produce just one note. They have a, a fundamental note, usually, usually a low fundamental and a high fundamental that you can hear. But in between are, are thousands of other little notes. That's why they're called harmonic. And that's why they're more powerful energetically and frequency-wise than our bodies or, or anything else. So it's not like playing a piano. It's it's kind of like playing one singing bowl. It's kind of like if you took 5,000 pianos and you put them in the same room and you had people to play every single note at the same time. And maybe this is an obvious... It sound a lot nicer. <laughs> maybe it's an obvious question, but how do you know when to hit the next sound? Like, you hit what sounded like two, maybe three different uh, sound bowls. Is it just by experience? How do you make that determination? Part of it is my experience and my relationship with the instrument. So when I get a new bowl or a new gong, um, I usually play it for about two weeks until I get used to the frequencies in, in, my, in, my, in my body, actually. Um, and then and I sort of start to develop a relationship with that instrument. But I play, um, <clears throat> I play totally um, intuitively. So when I get a new gong, you know, the gongs are like kind of like big, big cymbals hanging sideways. Um, So I will sit in front of a new gong um, for those two weeks, and I will play with my eyes closed. And when I'm playing with the gongs and the bowls, it's it's not, like, it's, it's nothing like music. It's not linear at all. So there's no notes. Like, I can't play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star with bowls or a gong. Right, or even on, uh, or even on my acoustic drums, but um, so that means that your mind gets a little bit taken out of it. And there are certain ways that you can hit with a mallet, but I just play totally intuitively. Like it's a, it's a back and forth between me and the gong or me and the bowl, um, and I just that's where the the channeling thing that you know happens when you're doing because I'm a Reiki master as well. Um, so when you're doing Reiki, that's you know, when you're doing Reiki, you're not telling the energy where to go. Right? You're not, you're not, you're not, I mean, you're moving it around the body so that it has the opportunity to, 
to, you know, really focus and go in different parts of the body. But with the bowls and the gongs, it's I actually more fo- hard to describe, but I actually more follow the sound. It's so a I shame for some people that that might look at what you do and not realize, just think, oh, she's just hitting a couple of gongs. <laughs> okay, great. No, there's so much more involved in it. And how about some examples of what people have told you after they've they've done a session or two with you, uh, the difference that it made. What do they? How do they verbalize that? What do they tell you? Um, well, first of all, I have to leave room in my sound baths at the end for people to just be in silence, because you really you even if you don't consciously you know astral travel or anything, you people really go out in the sense of going to such deep relaxation that it, it takes a while for them to come back. And actually, one of the my intuitive senses, and what I've learned is that one of the most healing parts of the sound bath, I mean, of course, the whole sound bath is healing, but at the very end, if you let people just stay in the silence, then that really, it allows the healing to, like, to really sink in. So first, I just let people, you know, be still and kind of come to... Um, in their own time, and it, it doesn't usually take people long. But, you know, I mean, people people just kind of um, just kind of sit there and, and go, wow, like, I have no idea what happened, but wow. <laughs> you know, because it, it, you don't, it, your mind gets, your mind, I mean, besides your body getting really super relaxed, your mind goes into the delta theta ways that people meditate for 25 years, too. And people are not used to that. Um, but it is so so healing and people do have like people have visions people I mean you know I used to do these to do sort of like small sound groups um, and people would people would have visions like so people would see colors people would hear words people would see like you know gnomes and elves or like you know beings and floating around them and telling them stuff. And my, my most favorite one, though, was this woman who was coming. She came a lot to the sound bath. Some very severe physical um, issues and stuff. And, um, and she just loved, she loved the sound bath. And one time after the sound bath was over and people were sharing what had happened to them, and, and um, she said, oh, she said, um, well, she said, I heard this, I don't know which gong you were playing, Barb, but I heard this really sound that sounded like my dad's lawnmower. And I was like, I was like, oh, that tell me more, right? And she said, well, you know, not a regular lawnmower, but like the big lawnmower that you ride around. And I said, okay, that's cool. And I said, it is, and I wanted to make sure that that was a good memory for her, not a bad, right? So I said, well, I said, did that make you feel happy? And she said, oh, yeah. She said, I have like really nice memories of, it took me right back to my childhood and lying in my bed and listening to the sound of my my dad mowing the lawn. Isn't that funny right. that that connected back to a childhood memory? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, she didn't hear the lawnmower all the time. Mm. It was just that once. You know, but people have those kinds of experiences. Um, you know, I mean, anything can happen. And you know there's a saying, I mean, particularly for physical healing, but I mean, our mind and our thoughts and feelings are part of our body, but there's a saying which I truly, truly believe in, which is only the body can heal the body. I'm a firm believer in that, and more and more in my journey, I realize that, that everything you need is within you now. It 
you can do it, but sometimes you need help to block out the things, call it uh, trauma or stress or anxiety, that's preventing your body from doing its job. And that's where the sound bowls can Mm -hmm. come in. Exactly. And one of the things that I do, I mean, I have a series of um, sessions that I can do for somebody if they if they so choose, and it's, I mean, because I do different things um, with them, but um, one of them is integration, like helping people to integrate their body, like their awareness of their body, of their mind, um, and of their spirit, and of their, you know, of their energy. Because we live in our heads, and I lived in my head for I don't know how many years, even though I had such a, I had very powerful, you know, spiritual experiences when I was a kid, and I just, Know, I was in the scientific family, so I just shoved them all da- away. And it, it took me years and it took me decades to start to come back into that, you know, that spiritual stuff. But also, I didn't, I didn't pay any attention to my body. And that's not good, you know. We can't live like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, helping. But the sound healing, when, when your body and your mind get relaxed, then you can start to feel like what your body actually feels like. Right? And you can and you can start to know it for what it does to the mind. People have told me, my clients have told me that you know they've tried to meditate. You know, because meditation is a big thing now, um, and and rightfully so. But they've they've had trouble learning how to meditate, and I understand that because when you sit down and you're trying to still your mind, you have no idea what that feels like because our minds are chattering all the time. Right? And we don't. And you know, just breathing, sitting and breathing, we have no freaking clue how to get to some kind of desired end state, but you don't know what that feels like. And so when people come to a sound bath, they actually can feel for an hour, what does this feel like to have my mind in stillness? Like, not no thoughts, not, you know, people have thoughts and visions and experiences, but from a very, you know, from the still point. And so people have then gone away after, you know, after some sound baths with me and learned how to meditate because... They could tell, you know, when their mind was in that state because that's what happened to them in the sound bath. Well, we're just about out of time. I do want to tell people how they can reach you if they want to start their sound journey and start their journey to healing. What's the uh, what's the best way to find you, Barbara? Um, well, I'm doing I'm doing the sound healing right now virtually over Zoom, um, but I do individual sessions on Zoom, so they could go to a site called HEAL, as in healing, H-E-A-L dot M-E, so HEAL ME, slash Barb Sounds. That's the name of my practice is Barb Sounds. So HEAL dot me slash Barb Sounds will give you descriptions of the different kinds of things I do and allow you to book sessions with me. Um, I also do group, public and private sound uh, baths that are for groups um, online, and you can get tickets and at Eventbrite for any of those open group sessions. And that would be at barbsounds.eventbrite.ca. Fantastic talking with you. I learned so much. And it's funny what you said before, when somebody does Reiki and the same thing with its energy. So same thing when they're working with you in sound where people fall asleep and even though they're snoring, but they're still sleeping. That happened to me in a Reiki session a couple of weeks ago. And I was, I had mindfulness to know that I'm, I'm sleeping or I'm falling asleep, and I know I'm snoring, and the practitioner is there, and I didn't really care. <laughs> and that's never. I don't even think exactly. I snore on a regular basis, but it was. I was in such a deep, uh, meditative, feel-good state. It was just, you know, that happens. But um, it's powerful stuff. Yeah, that happens. 
Yeah, no, it happens in it happens in every sound bath, and you know the longest uh, any of my clients have ever taken to get to the snoring part. Um, not everybody snores, but most a lot of people do. Um, but to you know to kind of go right out is about was about like seven minutes, and that was somebody who was like super super anxious. Most people, even if they have no idea what's happening, they just yeah they go right there, and they can hear themselves snore and they don't care. Yeah, and and that that just goes shows how powerful this is to make that change in in somebody. Heal me forward slash Barb sounds. Barb, great talking with you. Looking forward next time we get together and just learning so much more about uh, how we can heal from sound. I really appreciate it. Wonderful. Thanks a lot. Thank you. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. So you see, son, good manners are very, very important. Someday, many years from now, when you're a grown-up, you'll be a man. And when you are, you should be a gentleman. Do you want me to go through it one more time? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open for ladies. If a door's shut, then knock first. Don't burp, don't swear, don't speak with your mouth full, don't reach across people's plates, keep your elbows off the table. What table? And don't interrupt. While we're at it, don't stare, don't use foul language, don't call people names, but do remember people's names. Always share your toys, play nice, and cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze. On the bus, give up your seat to anyone who has trouble standing. Bottom line, treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council.